Welcome to the Bible Survey Sunday School class. I am so glad to be able to share the Word of God with you today. Uh, again, I am here at the church and uh, here in my study, in my office, and uh, just uh, missing you guys so much. I hope everyone is staying safe. And uh, I will just repeat what you've heard. Uh, stay in, stay sheltered, wash your hands, use the hand sanitizer, and uh, keep your distance from people. And I look forward to the day that uh, we can shake hands and, and greet one another. But uh, these are just days we have to get through. I know that uh, we are in a storm. And so we find uh, comfort in the Word of God. I've been traveling through the book of Psalms with you. And so today we're going to look at Psalm 84. And on the email that went out, uh, there was uh, an outline attached. And so you can look at the outline as we go through this wonderful Psalm, Psalm chapter 84. And so I want to just begin by, uh, by praying and praying for you, and praying for our church, and uh, praying for our nation. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you today that you're the God who is sovereign. And God, that you know simply everything about us. Uh, God, you know our past, our present, and our future. And so Lord, today we are in a battle. A battle with uh, not just the world, and the flesh, and the devil, but the battle with a terrible virus. God, we pray that soon this uh, coronavirus would simply pass away. But Lord, until that happens, may we be Your faithful people. Lord, I pray today that You surround our church, God, with Your protection. Uh, God, how wonderful You are to give protection and healing to Your people. And God, I believe with all my heart that You heal us every day. Things that we are never aware of, God, You bring healing to our bodies. And God, we need a healing on our nation and on our world. And so, Father, I pray today that, God, You would heal our nation, heal our world of this terrible virus. God, I lift up to Your throne of grace our President. I pray for Him today. And Lord, for Governor McMaster, God, thank You for his leadership. Thank You, God, for the wisdom that You have given him. And so, Father, again today we ask all these things in the wonderful, strong name of Jesus. Amen. Alright, now we're going to look at this wonderful psalm, Psalm chapter 84. Just um, a little background on the psalm before we read it. It is for the choir director. And um, my particular Bible, the New American Standard, says for the choir director on the Giddeth. And not quite sure what that Giddeth is. Uh, might have been an instrument. Uh, might have been a strained instrument. But uh, this was really written for the choir. And so those who are in the choir, uh, this was meant to be sung. And a song of celebration about God and uh, His wonderful acts to His people. And so now let's look at Psalm chapter 84, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 12 
I'll read the whole psalm to you. How lovely are your dwelling places, O Lord of hosts! My soul longed and even yearned for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh sang for joy to the living God. The bird also has found a house, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. How blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. How blessed is the man whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. They are passing through the valley of Baca. They make it a spring. The early rain also covers it with blessings. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them appears before God in Zion. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God, and look upon the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand outside. I would rather stand at the threshold of the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord gives grace and glory. No good thing does He withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, how blessed is a man who trusts in You. Now those are just wonderful words in the day and time in which we are living. And we find great confidence in that psalm. I've entitled this Bible study, this message, Longing for the Lord. And I wonder today what you're longing for. Well, perhaps you're longing for the day when you can leave your house or apartment. Perhaps you're longing for uh, a day and time when you can go to a restaurant and sit down and eat. Perhaps you're longing for the day when you can come back to church and when you can sit in those pews and listen to the choir and listen to the Word of God. We have longings in our life today. Uh, years ago, there, there was a movement entitled the Passion Movement. And uh, the definition of that movement was this. Passion exists to glorify God. And I thought about those words. Passion, the very existence of it, is to glorify God. You know, God gives us desires in our life. And when those desires are godly, they glorify God. Well, Psalm chapter 84 has been called by some the Psalm of the Janitors. Uh, when I read that comment, I thought about the janitors here at church, those that keep our facility clean. I thought about Rasheen and Pam and Tony and Val and Jean and all those faithful people that make sure we have a clean church and a clean environment. And the reason why this psalm is called that is because of verse number 10. Verse number 10 talks about it being better to be a doorkeeper, a janitor in the house of the Lord 
than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. In other words, the psalmist said, I'd rather be a lowly servant in the house of God than to have all that the world can give to me. Psalm chapter 84 is a kaleidoscope of different poetic images. We find different uh, imagery in this psalm. In fact, uh, some say it's a hymn. Others say it's a prayer. It's really a lament, a desire to be back in the house of God there in Zion. In verse number 9, there is a messianic verse here. Uh, Verse number 9 talks about looking forward to a Messiah to come. Let me read verse number 9 again. Behold our shield, O God, and look upon the face of your anointed. And so there in verse number 9, it talks about the one that would be the anointed of God, the coming Messiah. We find a reference to this in the New Testament. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10, the Bible says that Jesus is the captain of our salvation. In other words, He's the one that holds the shield before the people of God. And I know in the time that we're living, we need a shield around our life, don't we? We need that shield in front of us. We need that shield on all sides. And so the Messiah, Jesus, is that shield and defender against all sin and evil that would come against us. Romans chapter 8, verse 37 says, We are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Derek uh, Kidner, Derek Kidner said about this psalm that there is longing written all over this psalm. He said that it's much like Psalm chapter 42, verse 1, which says, As the deer pants for water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. So when I look at this psalm, I I really find two different ways to teach it. One way to teach it, which I'm not going to do, but I'm going to give it to you, is to look at the blessed statements found in verse 4, verse 5, and verse 12. There are three different blessed statements. They are three Beatitudes found in Psalm 84. Uh, Number one, there is the blessed statement in verse 4, which says, Blessed are those who dwell in your house. Oh man, isn't that a blessing? Man, to live and to dwell in the house of the Lord. Uh, The writer here even talks about being jealous of the birds that get to dwell in the house of the Lord. Well, also, number two, there's a blessedness in verse number five. Verse number five says, Blessed is the man whose strength is in you. And so we find this beatitude in verse number five that when we find our strength in God, um, we are strong in heart uh, like the highways leading to Zion. And then the third blessed statement is found in verse number 12. And that is, Blessed is the man who trusts in you. You know, we handle coins and we handle uh, paper money all the time that says, in God we trust. Wow, boy, we need to have that holy, godly trust 
in God as we face this coronavirus. And so, you might want to mark those in your Bible. You might want to think about those later on, dwell on those, that um, there's a blessedness in being in God's house, verse 4. A blessedness when we find our strength in God, verse 5. And then there's a blessedness when we find our trust in the Lord, verse number 12. Now, I told you before, that's not going to be my, my outline or approach to this study. But today, I want us to think about passion, longing for the Lord. And so as we think about you and I longing for the Lord in our lives, let me share with you four things today. Now, there's a fourfold division here I want us to look at. Number one, we must have a passion for the living God. Now Psalm chapter 84 is alive and rich with titles for God. It is a God-centered psalm. In verses 1, 3, 8, and 12, you find the Lord of hosts or the Lord Almighty. In verse number 1, He's the living God. Verse number 3, He's my King and my God. Verse number 7, He is the God in Zion. Verse number 8, He's the God of Jacob. And verse number 11, He is the Lord God. You know, God is so rich and God is so, um, so hard to describe that you can spend a lifetime throwing up names and throwing up titles and you still can't describe this God. Oh, I wish I could describe Him today. He is the one who is faithful, the one who is glorious, the one who is long-suffering, the one who is omnipresent. He is the one on the throne. He is the one who is all-seeing. It is hard to describe this God who is the God of the Bible. Well, there are some things we need to do as we have a passion for the living God. We need to acknowledge Him. Acknowledge Him. Verse number 1 says, How lovely are your dwelling places, O Lord of hosts. In verse number 1, we find an acknowledgement. Uh, the writer starts here with the word lovely. He says, how lovely. He's probably thinking about the tabernacle where God dwelt. You know, God came down in that movable tent as the children of God traveled across the desert, as they traveled across the wilderness. God came down and dwelt in the tent. And so there on the altar, God would come down and consume the sacrifice that was made. Also, He might have been thinking about the temple. You know, God would come there and invade the temple when Solomon dedicated the temple. The Shekinah glory of God came down. And then also, I believe, possibly you and I could think about the church. God dwells in His church as the body of believers come together. But most of all, maybe preeminently, God dwells in His Son Jesus. You know, the Bible says in John chapter 1 that the Word became flesh and blood and dwelt among us. Also, we could think about Christ living in us. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, 
that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So we need to acknowledge the Lord in our lives. And then we need to long for the Lord. Man, verse number 2. Do you hear the passion here? My soul longed and even yearned for the courts of the Lord. The Bible goes on to say in verse 2, My heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. There's a passion here. Uh, the beauty of the temple reminded the psalmist of the beauty of God and, and the psalmist here is pouring out his heart. He is longing for the Lord. I just want to get personal here with you. When's the last time that you were that desperate that you longed for the Lord in your life? Again, I'm reminded of Psalm 42.1 As the deer pants for water brooks, so we pant for God. And then in verse number 3, we need to honor the Lord. Uh, verse number 3 is an interesting verse. Um, the psalmist looks at the birds who were nesting there in the temple. He thinks, one honor, what a privilege it must be to have your nest, to have your home in the temple. He's almost jealous of the birds. Uh, verse number 3 says, The bird also has found a house and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. The psalmist says, Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. You know, just perhaps the author here, uh, the, the sons of Korah, perhaps they looked there at the altar and they saw there at the altar maybe some birds building a nest. And so, the psalmist says how lucky they are to have their dwelling in the house of God. You know, sparrows are really worthless. Uh, swallows are restless. Yet when it came time for Jesus to talk about our worth, He said God clothes, clothes the sparrows and God feeds the sparrows there in the field. How much more valuable are you and I than they? The question is, are you and I as smart as the birds? Because these birds, uh, they, they yearn to dwell in the house of God. Well, verse number 4 says there ought to be praise to God. Man, look at this. Verse number 4. How blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. And then you find the word Selah. In other words, there is a amen there. The psalmist says these who dwell in the house of God should always be praising you. There ought to be continual praise upon our lips. There ought to be a praise that goes on and on and on. Also in verse number 4, we find the first of these three Beatitudes. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. And again in your Bible, you find that word Selah or Amen. Well, i got to move on. So number one, we need to have a passion for the living God. But number two, we must trust in the power of the God of Zion. Man, we serve an all-powerful God. God can simply move His heart 
and something happens. Now look at verses 5 through 7. This section commences with the second beatitude. Verse number 5, How blessed is a man whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. This section beginning with the second beatitude is the language of a pilgrim. It's the language of a person on a journey. It reminds us that this world is not our home. We are just traveling through. John Bunyan got it right when he wrote Pilgrim's Progress. We are just traveling through just like a vapor that appears for a while and then vanishes away. The psalmist says on this journey, this journey is uh, sort of a literal description here, but then also he uses some great uh, imagery. Uh, look at verse number 6. Verse 6. Passing through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The early rain also covers it with blessings. Uh, they pass through the valley of Baca. And you might say, what in the world is that? Well, it means the valley of weeping or the valley of agony or sorrow. You know, the same good shepherd who leads us through the valley of the shadow of death according to Psalm 23.4 also brings us through valleys of sorrow, weeping, and agony. But I do know this. We draw closer to the Lord in the times that we go through the valleys. And that's really what the psalmist is saying here. He's saying, the early rain, yeah, we've got that. It covers us with blessings, but the latter rains, we may not have those on our timetable, but God is faithful. And so we need to let the Lord strengthen us. We also need to let the Lord sustain us. Oh, I love this verse number 7. Verse number 7 says, they go from strength to strength. Man, what a statement that is. The same strength that we have at the beginning of our Christian walk, we can have that again and again and again. And so we need to let the Lord sustain us. Again, that is so pointed to the time in which we're living that we need God to give us strength every single day. You know, I'm thinking about the old hymn. The old hymn that says, Mercy drops round us are falling, but for the showers we plead. I'm telling you, I want the mercy drops, but I also want the showers of God's blessings. Let me, let me challenge you to do something. Now, don't do it right now. But later on, just read Philippians chapter 4. Man, if you want to see what a great God we have and what a wonderful Savior, read Philippians chapter 4. Verse 19, verse 12, verse 7, on and on, Philippians chapter 4. We find that we have a God who can sustain us. Well, i got to move on. Number 3, the third thing I want you to look at in this psalm is that we must seek the protection of the God of Jacob. Again, the application is simply there. 
We need God to wrap His arms of protection around our homes, around our lives, around our church, around our nation. Days where we face a terrible COVID-19 virus, we need the God of Jacob to protect us. Let's look at this, alright? Verse number 8, we are to seek Him in prayer. Verse number 8 says, O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. And so in verse number 8, there is a, a cry to seek God in prayer. The Hebrew here is, is so plain and so clear that we are to go to this God of Jacob. Now I'm so glad that verse number 8 says the God of Jacob. Uh, you know Jacob to be the deceiver, the trickster, uh, deceived his brother out of his birthright, he was always conniving and scheming. It is that kind of person who has access to God. And so you and I in our sin, you and I in our failures, you and I falling short of the glory of God, we can go to this kind of God. We have access to Him. That's why in the New Testament it's called a throne of grace. Well, also verse number 9. In verse number 9 we find that God is our defense. Oh, look at this. Verse 9. Behold our shield, O God, and look upon the favor of your anointed. God is described in verse number 9 as a shield. He is the shield of His people. Our shield or defense is the Lord's Messiah. It is Jesus. Now, verse number 9 reminds us of Psalm chapter 2 where uh, the Messiah is described as the conquering king, uh, the king upon the throne. And so, we need to seek protection from the God of Jacob. And I challenge you today, seek Him in prayer. Also, seek His defense. Danny Aiken at Southeastern Seminary said this, Such a king has the smile of God on him. And no wonder this king is God's son. What a defender, what a protector, what a savior. Man, when I read that, I just wanted to stand up and say, Hallelujah, what a savior. Alright, let's look at the fourth and last thing today. Number four. We must desire the presence of the Lord of hosts. And that is verses 10 through 12. I want to read, if I can for you, verses 10 through 12 in the Message Bible. Uh, Eugene Peterson in the Message Bible paraphrases verses 10 through 12 like this. One day spent in your house, this beautiful place of worship, beats thousands spent on Greek island beaches. I'd rather scrub floors in the house of my God than be honored as a guest in the palace of sin. All sunshine and sovereign is God. Generous in gifts and glory, He doesn't scrimp with His traveling companions. It's smooth sailing all the way with the God of the angel armies. 
Man, I believe he did it right. Uh, Peterson writes, we have the God of the angel armies on our side. How do we approach such a great God? Well, let me tell you, number one, we need to approach the Lord humbly. Uh, verse number 10 uh, speaks about this, that we need to come as a janitor. We need to come as a doorkeeper to the house of God and come that way to God who's on the throne. And so we need to approach Him humbly, a doorkeeper, a lowly servant, someone that maybe some people would simply ignore, but not our God. God doesn't forget about His people. So I challenge you, come to Him humbly. Also, come to Him expectantly. Verse number 11. Verse number 11 says this, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord gives grace and glory. No good thing does He withhold from those who walk uprightly. And so the psalmist says we need to be expectant. The God who gives sun is the God who gives a shield to us. The God who wakes us up every morning is a God who doesn't withhold one good thing from us who walk uprightly. He showers us with grace. Now, Psalm 84 verse 11 has been called the Romans 8.28 of the Old Testament. I believe it fits. It is Romans 8.28. All things work together for good to those that love God. That's what Psalm 84.11 is. And then also, we need to approach the Lord faithfully. Verse number 12, O Lord of hosts, the God of the angel armies, how blessed is the man who trusts in You. Approach Him faithfully. Now, those who long for the Lord must believe that He is and that He rewards those who seek Him. That's the definition of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 6. Also in verse 1 and verse 12, you find this phrase, O Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts. It has been translated, the Lord Almighty. Again, I like the phrase from Eugene Peterson. He is the God of the angel armies. He is that kind of God. Now let me conclude today by uh, just giving you just a little bit of New Testament here. In Luke chapter 24, when Jesus was walking on the Emmaus Road, when Jesus met those disciples on that road, and they were trying to understand the Word of God. In Luke chapter 24, as Jesus traveled, He said, all Scripture points to Him or to the Messiah. And so in Psalm 84, this psalm is so rich with uh, just a messianic feel to it. It has Christ written all through it. You see Jesus as the true tabernacle. John 1.14 declares that. You also find in Christ our strength. That's verse number 5. You find that Christ is our shield and protector. 
That's verse number 9. You find that Christ is our sun and shield, and only through Him do we receive grace and glory. That's verse number 11. And then you find Christ is the captain, the commander of the Lord of the armies. He is the Lord Almighty who fights our battles and has won our salvation. That's verse number 3 and verse number 12. So I close with this. Man, hang in there. Long for the Lord. Let Him be the shield and the sun around your life today. Oh, I love you so much and look forward to seeing you soon. May the Lord richly bless you.